Welcome to the Positive View Podcast, the podcast where we explore life circumstances, mental roadblocks, and endless opportunity to discover the positive view. I'm your host, Christy Murphy. And I'm your other host, Brianna G. This week, we're discussing coping with change. Yes, but before we get into that, at the end of each episode, we set a mission for ourselves. This mission was to pick a day and take one opportunity to practice positivity. So, Brianna, how did that go for you? I think it went well. I feel like uh, there were, you know, different times to focus on and try to stay positive, but I really went for um, almost like starting the day out positive on New Year's Eve. I um, spent uh, New Year's Eve with some friends and I really went into that. Let me back up a little bit. A lot of things have been very stressful these last couple of weeks. And so I really went into that evening with a sense of I'm here. I get to spend some lovely time with my friends. We're ringing in the new year and I'm not bringing any of my worries in. Uh, I am just really going to focus on this quality time with my friends and having fun. And I feel like it went really well. And I'm really, you know, it, it, it was the uh, it was the focus I needed. So that focus on positivity, I, I just I needed it, and I'm grateful for uh, grateful for that evening. How about for you? I uh, yeah I yeah New Year's Day would have been a great day for me to do that. I wish I would have, or even New Year's Eve, I wish I would have thought of that. But I did not. I actually um, forgot a bit about that. This was our mission, but as luck would have it, Brianna TikTok. Uh, I read an article about TikTok where they were talking about lucky girl syndrome. Um, mm-hmm. And it's basically the, there was one particular TikToker um, that talked about how she just believed that she got all this great luck and she doesn't know how things work out for her, but it just does. Um, and I watched that TikTok and I remember thinking, Hey, you know what? I actually do believe that about me. I do think things always work out. I do think I'm incredibly lucky. And so I decided to spend a whole day reminding myself of that. I went to sleep thinking about that. I woke up thinking about that. And I sort of added that to my affirmations. And I have got to say, uh, it felt great. And mm-hmm. then it turns out, as luck would have it, Brianna, it tied mm-hmm. so nicely into the homework um, that it was like a really positive way. And I went back uh, and started up my more detailed and longer affirmations. I went back to my mm-hmm. original affirmations and I really enjoyed those. So I feel like I feel like it went really great. And um, honestly, we took a little bit of a like we recorded a couple episodes back to back. And I will say in the absence of doing this podcast, I did notice a dip in my positive thinking and well-being. And taking that lucky girl syndrome TikTok advice actually did put me back into the zone of things. And then Mm -hmm. also just educating myself on different techniques I could use to be motivated uh, has given me a lot of hope. So I would say it went great. And uh, thank you, uh, uh, thanks, Gen Z, on the TikToking. I'm digging you. That's great. And it really, and, and I'm so glad that it had such a positive effect for you. And I will say thank you so much because when you talked about it in the polo uh, that evening or that day when you uh, found it, you know, the positive energy that was coming off of that was really palpable and exciting and um So I'm just really grateful that you shared it. And I think that it really highlights how 
it doesn't take a lot uh, to just to have that positivity kind of come into your life and then finding ways to uh, to bring it kind of into action, I guess, with not having to have a lot of effort. I just, just because again, it's been a very stressful time, hence the episode about coping with change. Uh, so I feel like it's always helpful for me to remember that to be positive, it doesn't take a lot, right? We can do these small things that just help us either reframe and kind of turn ourselves onto a different path, or at the very least, help us keep our heads above water if things are, um, if things are getting challenging, which I think that takes us right into uh, our topic for this week, where we're talking about how is it that we uh, are talking about coping with change. And so Christy, what does that mean for you? Okay. We've done other another episode, I think, when we were talking about enacting change in our life. But when I think of coping with change, I automatically think of change that is thrust upon me, regardless as to whether or not I would choose it. And mm-hmm. I do think that it is a major part of life. And I think it's been a major part of life as we know it over the last couple of years. There's been a lot of changes to how we are all living because of things that we did not anticipate or enact on our own, right? And so... One of the things that I think about when I talk about coping with change is now that I've adopted more of a positive mindset, I want to not only be able to deal with the change, but I want to excel in this change. Mm -hmm. I remember it's what started this podcast. I remember distinctly hearing that during times of great economic upheaval, that's when some of the most big millionaire, you know, the new millionaires are made. Uh, And so also that that and I can't remember and I've tried to find it someone on some news show said that when times get really tough like 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 the pandemic he said that like 60% of the people are just going to do what the majority do 27% of the people are immediately going to do the wrong thing and then 20% of the people are going to thrive and I remember in that moment because I was in a dead panic to say that if my good fortune stayed with me I'm going to do everything in my power to thrive during that and be in that top 20 And so when I think about coping with change, I think about dealing with what is happening, like accepting that change has happened. And then from there, once you mourn that loss, continuing through and then looking for the opportunities so that you don't just deal with it, you're better for it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always appreciate when we talk about that uh, 60, 20, 20, because you're right. That's that talking about, um, or, or having that focus on if this time of change is coming, uh, how am I going to meet it? And and I think it's great that you talked about thriving because, you know, there are some things I think that I have experienced where it's just like, oh, I just have to get through this or I just have to, you know, it's happening. I can't do anything about it. How am I going to weather it? Right. But there is that hope that or uh for me, there's a hope that that's maybe those experiences are few and far between. And as you said, that when change is thrust upon me, my hope is that I find a way to not just keep my head above water and cope and or weather weather it, but that I really find that opportunity to opportunity to thrive and come out of it. Uh, I would say better maybe then no, I'm not even going to throw the maybe in there. I'm going to say come out of it better uh, than I went in. However, there are those times where 
there the change comes or or the change is thrust upon us or we find ourselves in a, a time of change and it may just be so significant that all I can do is cope and hope to get through it. And so I definitely want to acknowledge that while of course I would like to strive for the thriving, strive to thrive, I I do recognize that that just isn't always possible. And so that there are those times when the best I can do is just make it through. And sometimes that's real ugly. (laughs) You know, that just might be like holding on with one finger, kind of the equivalent of dangling off the side of a building, hanging on with one finger. But I can get through it you know, the coping comes then knowing that I, I'm at least, you know what, I have, I'm so super grateful that at least I've got this one finger hanging on and that I can, can weather this change because while I think I'm a relatively, nope, while I am an adaptable person, uh, even for someone who expects change to happen, they're not all great. Uh, and in particularly ones where we have very little influence, it just can be very challenging to, um, to experience it. I absolutely know what you mean. I can often, I, in the Clifton Strengths pantheon of strengths, my number one strength is something that they call futuristic. And what that means is I don't live in the now. Okay. As a matter of fact, sometimes I feel mm-hmm. suffocated if you try to get me to just like, oh, are you trying to give me a panic attack by focusing on just this moment only? Cause I feel confined. Um, mm-hmm. But I have already created a future based on everything that I know. Like if you tell me what restaurant we're going to, I've already imagined, you know, two or three of the dishes that I may or possibly have my heart set on that dinner and be looking forward to it all day and, it, and, and, and being excited for it. And then somebody just decides at the last minute, hey, how about we do this? And it takes me a while to mourn the loss of the future that did not come. Mm-hmm. And get back on board with changing things. And I'm just not a go with the flow person. I'm I'm actually in the strengths. Uh, I can adapt. It's just that it it takes some thinking for me. And I think the hope behind learning how to cope with change is that change is one of the few constants that things are constantly changing. We're always growing older. Uh, things are the environment is changing. People we know are changing. People are coming in and out of our lives, our jobs, our health, our Thoughts are everything. Everything is the, literally everything is growing around us at a different rate, right? And Mm -hmm. learning how to accept that and then flourish in that allows me to live life more like it's an adventure and less like it's an obstacle course. Mm. And, uh, but the, the, but the problem with that for me has always been, uh, an anxiety for the unknown, mm-hmm. sometimes an insecurity that the challenge presented to me will be more than I can meet in that moment. And then sometimes the variable, the, the amount of variables in front of me seems so great that I can't, that I'm actually overwhelmed. Like I literally just shut down. Mm-hmm. And I think in the beginning, I used to think, that my inability to immediately embrace change in that second or in that day or in that hour meant that I was bad with change. But the truth is, giving myself time, like point one, things are different than what you planned. Allow myself to 
mourn the loss of what was or what I thought would be and, and sort of take in the new information and not while I'm doing that, getting on my own butt about why aren't you just going with the flow? Why aren't you just blah, blah, blah? Why don't you just bend like the wind? Some of the people have got that going on. And if you do, great job. Just know that there are some of us, like me, who there's a hiccup there. And sometimes it's more than just a hiccup. Sometimes it's, I lived a future that I felt was real and imminent. And I will mourn the loss of it. And then I will get more information. Then I'll reframe my thoughts. And But I need that time. I need that time to reflect or mourn what I thought was to then later embrace. So I do think there is a time where you just sort of tread water until you can handle it. And everybody gets the amount of time that they need to do that. And I think it would be an easier life for all of us if when it's one of those things that wouldn't be a big deal to you, know that it could still be a big deal to someone else and um, Mm -hmm. don't get on their butt about it. What's the big Mm -hmm. deal? Blah, 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 blah. Stop that. Everyone. (laughs) Fantastic. Just stop it. (laughs) Well, you hit on one thing, I think that, um, you know, talking about changes, you know, one of it changes the one constant or, or a constant, I guess, in the world. And I do think it's important or it has been important for me or, or was a really, you know, good early lesson is to recognize that and under, you know, I found that I was able to cope better once I realized, oh, this is just going to happen. This isn't a one-off. Change change is always going to be present in some way in my life. And I feel like the point at which I was that I recognized that helped feel helped or was one of the the factors that helped fuel the development of my my adaptability and i think you know you and i have talked about this quite a bit uh, you're you're able to adapt as you said it just you need a you need a minute or two to just adjust your your thinking about what would have been or what was maybe supposed to be and i think that's such that self-awareness is so valuable but again coming back to understanding like that there's very little that's going to stay this stay the same for very long and so i'm one of those folks that's like what is the big deal <laughs> so i'm sorry if i've ever been like no you've no, never done it i mean what's happening um but i do know i've been in situations in which a change has happened and i i have not always had compassion for that because you know in my mind okay well the change has happened we still have to you know we still have to do x y or z so can we just move can we just do that <laughs> like i don't know why why do we need all the feelings right but you know having had conversations with you about how you pull into uh, or excuse me how you um interact with change having you know worked in uh like a supervisor role to see a large group of people and how, you know, each individual kind of handles change differently was such an eye opener and so helpful, you know, from an awareness perspective to just understand that people aren't not handling this situation well because they're, you know, like they're not doing that on purpose. They've just developed different a different skill set or different strengths and you know being able to weather this just 
quickly, they may be able to do it well, like you, but be able to do and make that shift quickly just may not be in their wheelhouse. And so when I came to that, when I started to have that understanding and awareness, it it helped me weather change better because I no longer had to be frustrated and angry about other people's change ability to, you know, kind of cope, which is a very kind of circuitous statement, I understand, but it's not, I I do think, particularly when you're in those group settings, it's not just how I'm going to be able to weather my change, what I've experienced, but it's how I'm going to be able to weather other people coping with, you know, the change uh, as well. And so it's been really helpful for, you know, for me as part of my I'll say professional development that's wonderfully been able to kind of bleed over to my personal life. But again, that self-awareness, that change is always going to happen. Understanding how I cope with the change, but then also recognizing and understanding how other people do it so that I can make it a better experience for both. If, if it's in within my influence to do so, try to make it a better experience both for them and for me so that everybody can hope and or hopefully thrive. Yes. And I totally know what you mean. It's interesting because certain situations are easier for me to adjust to than others. Uh, And I will say there's a couple of traps that we can fall into when change happens. And it depends on how we acknowledge what the change in and as more information comes through. Let me be more specific. I had some minor health problems and I had to I changed where I live and I was changing some of the things that I was doing. And, you know, so I left for the Philippines because what happened was the cost of health insurance here, every time I went to the doctor, my rates would go up because I was uh, privately, like I was buying my own health insurance. And this was before they weren't allowed to do that. You know, the law has changed. Yay. Yay change. Mm. So what I did was I had this plan, which was my mom was living in the Philippines at the time. So I decided I was going to move to the Philippines go find out what was wrong with me, you know, real quick and uh, do it all on paper, right? Pay cash for all of those things where they could not, like my health company couldn't do that, cure myself so that I did not have that disease anymore. And then come back to the United States as if nothing had happened so that I could afford to keep my health insurance in case I got cancer or I broke a bone or something like that. Right. So that was the plan. So I go to the Philippines and then I use, I lose the use of my leg and all these other kind of weird things start happening. And it just goes, it goes, everything goes awry, Brianna. And, and we finally mm-hmm. figure out that I have some sort of prolactin thing, but we never really figured out, did I have like Epstein-Barr? Did I have a, you know, we don't know what happened. Right. It may have been sleep apnea because I'm finally getting that treated, but all of these things kept happening. And in my mind, originally, every time my health would get a little bit worse, I kept telling myself that when I got back to normal, then I could do this. Mm-hmm. When I went back to normal, I would do this. And so I refused to deal with my health as it was because I kept insisting that it was a temporary deal. And so I would just go ahead and work harder and keep injuring myself and keep just trying to push forward because it'll fix itself and I'll make some money and I'll get the right diagnosis. And uh, then, then Brianna, I would live my life. And the concept that I'll get back to normal is a trap because Mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is there's a new normal. I can't go back to what was, but I can look to a future knowing 
what has happened to me and what changes I had and build from there a better life instead of doing the thing where everything was about returning to a baseline first and then moving from there. And it's just like, sometimes in life you move away from a baseline and there's a new baseline and you have to build from that. And the fantasy of going back to what used to be just keeps you from adopting new tools and new solutions that are actually going to change your life. And so for me, it wasn't until I accepted what if, what if I was never going to be able to type or play music the way I used to play? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so far that has borne itself out. Now I'm doing physical therapy. I've changed my diet. I can type more than I used to. I have more dexterity in, in, you know, in my hands and my typing than I have in a long time. However, it's never what it was, but what did I do? When I realized that that was a real thing, I forced myself and it is not my nature because I spent my whole life as a writer writing from head to hand. You know, you think the thought, you type the thought, or you, you know, longhand write the thought. And mm-hmm. I had to learn how to do dictation. But because I had to learn it, I write significantly faster than a lot of other writers because I had no choice in the matter. So it wasn't until I was willing to accept, listen, that may never come to pass. So now what? Now what, Christy? Now what are you going to do? I'm going to learn dictation. And you know what? I'm going to be better than ever. Mm-hmm. And it's borne born out to be the truth. So I would just say that when you're trying to weather change, be open to the idea that you will forever be changed. And that is not a bad thing. There will mm-hmm. be some mourning. There will be some sadness. But the faster you assess whether or not it's a fantasy that you're going to go back to quote unquote normal, the better off you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I really, you know, I really appreciate that. Um, not only, uh, you know, the the advice or the the recommendation to not get stuck con- consistently, or or um, not get stuck kind of in the past, thinking that that maybe is thinking that that's going to be coming back. Um, but also, you touched on. Um, understanding that there is going to be that there may be rather uh with a you know a change uh that there that there may be grief for whatever is lost or whatever has changed so much so that you know you're not going to get that back and i i just wanted to you know that that has been a a significant learning opportunity for me is that it's okay to have grief about a change. I thought for a long time to be able to say that I'm coping with change well, or that I'm weathering change or that I'm a resilient person. It meant that I couldn't have any, um, I couldn't really have any feelings about the surrounding the change that I just had to be like, Oh, it's changing cool, 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 cool. And now, you know, and now I'm doing this or now this is happening. I think 
that that sense of having to um, not have a like and and I don't know what word to use other than negative, but I don't think that sadness is a negative emotion. So less that having uh, anything but positive, happy, upbeat kind of feelings and emotions about something that is changing. I I, I used to think that that then meant I wasn't doing it right. That the old perfectionism chestnut. Um, so I think what has really helped me become more resilient is that I give myself time to mourn whatever has changed and and mourn, you know, that I'm going through it, mourn the loss and the potential of, you know, whatever may have come had the change not not happened. Um, and then letting myself, even just take time and understanding that I might, that, that it's not necessarily a, um, I also had to understand that that grief, that mourning, kind of having those, those, um, those types of emotions or feelings about the change wouldn't necessarily, you know, I'd have my time frame when I'm in that and then I'm done and I'm cool and let's go, right? Change happened and I'm all, it's, it's all fine. But understanding like I'm going to have the, I may have the grief for this amount of time and I'm doing really well or, you know, and then I move into it and I'm like, okay, okay, this, the change has happened and I'm in this new space and it's fine. And then understanding, you know, at some point along the way, I may still have episodes where I'm grieving whatever, you know, I have a moment where I'm like, Ooh, I remember when, you know, this was the thing. And, and, and just having a moment where there's just grief for that. And again, that sense of grieving the potential for what could have, like, I think you said is what could have been. Um, so I, I just feel like in coping with, uh, change and I, I do like, you know, that sense of resilience as you get through it. It's a, a really helpful thing for me has been to just have compassion for the whole experience to understand I'm, it's okay to have whatever feelings I'm going to have about it. And to take time to do that or take as much time as I feel like I need. And then actually be ready to make the change rather than, as you said, getting stuck in uh, what was, or, you know, what I, what I felt like pre, pre change. Yes. I, I do very much relate to the idea that just because I have a sense of nostalgia or a sense of sadness, or even a sense of loss around something that has changed, doesn't mean that I have not coped with or even thrived under that change. It's, mm -hmm. Very interesting to me. I was a musician for a long time, you know, and having, you know, bilateral carpal and cubital tunnel has made playing the guitar or the violin painful. And it was something that I'd always thought I'd get back to when I stopped playing. You know, I was a musician from like nine to like the early days of college. Um, so like, and then I even had a band or whatever. And I, so I did that from like nine to 23 or something, which is, which is a good amount of time to do something. And I'd always assumed when I went into stand up that I would go back. And then there was a time where I, I could feel like the difference. Uh, and I started mm -hmm. to write like little short comedy songs and I went and decided I'll write shorter songs because it doesn't hurt as much. And I'll, um, I'll make this record just, just in case, because I might not have, an opportunity to ever record a record. So let's do this. And I think that one of the greatest things about acknowledging that things are changing is it gives you a chance 
to make the most of what you have left and to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Even if you're telling yourself, maybe it's just goodbye for now. Mm-hmm. And I've got to say, you know, the album is feeling good, looking good. You can listen to it on <laughs> Spotify, people. It's out there. And it got on, it got on, um, a friend of mine knew somebody at one of those uh, digital radio stations or whatever they call that, you know, where you have the subscription in your car or satellite radio. And I even got royalties. I mean, I, it was a net loss for the record. Let's, let's, let's not pretend. <laughs> okay. I think, mm-hmm. I think I spent like, I own the masters. So I am the producer of that record uh, and I'm the songwriter and whatever, but, and I recorded in the Philippines and it was really great to just get my last hurrah as a musician out there. And I did a comedy album because I thought, yeah, I'm going to be able to do this. And it turned out, uh, no, Brianna, so far it has not borne out that that is the case for me. And it's funny because every once in a while, you know, there's a guitar in the house. I still have my guitar just in case I haven't been able to get rid of it. And my guy even asked me, he was like, do you ever, do you ever even miss it? I mean, it's like, and I'm like, uh, only when I talk about it, man, like, um, what are you doing to me? <laughs> <laughs> Like touching a bruise, does this? It's uh, just like a, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I keep thinking I'll get back to it. You know, and a part of me is like, maybe I'll buy a keyboard because it's not, it's not as hard to do, and and some of them are smaller, so there's not as much dexterity required. And I have gotten a lot more. Uh, you know, I've done a lot of physical therapy, and I've done a lot of things with inflammation in my diet, uh, and. They're, you know, I'm not, I'm not giving up hope. Like people are like, if you just tried more, it's like, yes. And I've got a whole life to live, you know, uh, and I don't want to be a professional musician. Um, I just loved it. Right. And mm-hmm. I do miss it. And acknowledging that it was happening. I've never been more grateful for making mm-hmm. that record because it's, I, I still have, if anybody wants one, feel free to write us. I'll mail it to you. I've got CDs, Brianna. I've got like <laughs> 3,000 CDs in my garage right now. Um, but, and one of my videos got like a quarter million views on YouTube back in the early days of YouTube. And so it just feels good that like some people know my songs, man. I wrote some songs and I recorded those songs and I sang and I played those songs uh, and I did not leave them unsung. So change can be hard and you can thrive and you can, I think I dealt with it and I'm still dealing with it. Well, even though you can even hear it in my voice, it's sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think that, um, that knowledge that if we can, you know, if we have the opportunity and we're kind of forewarned or we can see the change coming, that we have that opportunity to work through it, you know, before it gets here or a little bit before and as it gets here, that's so, um, that's so helpful. And I do think that that speaks to the, one of the, you know, one of the benefits of that self-awareness and situational awareness is that we, if we're aware of what's going on around us, right, we're a little bit more, I, I have found I'm a little bit more apt to see or able rather to see the change coming versus if I'm in a period of time, and this happens from time to time, where I'm less attentive, less present, maybe in one of those, <laughs> maybe I'm in one of those uh, episodes of the blahs as we talked about in a previous episode. And so I'm just sort of at that moment, like kind of living like day by day, like, oh, I just got to get through this day. And I'm not doing any of that, like looking beyond kind of what's in front of my face. So I do feel like if I can 
work on my um, work on my I'll say um, outlook. I can work on kind of how I'm thinking about things to try to widen that circle around me to be more aware of what's going on with me, what's going on around me, then I do feel like uh, change is less likely or has been less likely to sneak up on me. Um, and, and that I feel like has been helpful in the resilience or the coping with the change. I think another thing that's been very helpful for me is really identifying what is changing. I think especially if something just is just happens out of the blue or when things are when it's a really big change, it really helps to it's helped me to really take a minute to say okay, but what okay, so this this is happening, but try to look at then, well, what does this mean? So what, okay, so um, my job is changing. Okay, well, what does that actually mean? What, my job is changing, okay. What else is gonna change with it or what does that actually mean? So that I can have a better understanding of what might be coming. And I feel like the other thing that that helps me with is that it helps me to not get caught in telling myself false stories now, <laughs> most of the time. Uh, that's not even true. Sometimes <laughs> I feel like, especially if I'm not super present and change just happens, all of a sudden I'm telling myself all these stories about why it's happening and that makes it much more difficult to cope. Uh, so I do feel like if I can actually take some time to look at like, okay, Ooh, this changes upon me and then start thinking about, well, what does, well, how does that make me feel? Uh, and then what is it that's really changing? And then really think about it and try to have a, not necessarily have a positive perspective of it or a positive view of it, but at least to try to have the most accurate view of what's really going on. And I usually in that space have to do a lot of reframing um, because my tendency, of course, is just to be like, ah, the world is, the sky is falling. That's assuming that it's a, you know, a challenging change. Um, but if I can really take a step back or get a little bit of space, stay present and identify what's really happening, I found that I can be more effective in coping with the change because I'm not getting caught in stories. I'm not getting caught in negativity or like a cynicism or um, over like that sense of being overwhelmed by it. Um, and I think, you know, that having all of that is a relatively new um, set of tools or skills that has been, um, that I've been trying to employ more and more so that I can cope with change more effectively. I, I love that you, yeah, I love that you brought up like the stories we tell ourselves because I think it's so common that when, especially if you don't get the opportunity, some changes just happen even or or they 
you think you see them coming and you think you're ready. Mm -hmm. And then it, like grief, like if somebody important to you dies, even if you, if, even if they were sick or sometimes people just die out of nowhere, they go missing or you just get fired or there's a fire. Like so much in life just changes suddenly. It was one way and now it's never to be that way again, period. Mm -hmm. There's nothing you can say about it. And I think the trap is telling ourselves that if only that hadn't happened, everything would be fine. Mm -hmm. uh, if I could only go back, um, sometimes there's this weird thing where we re recreate and lionize people who have passed and eliminate, like we change who they were. It was very mm -hmm. important to me when my father passed that I remembered my father flaws and all because my father loved me flaws and all, and I loved him flaws and all. And mm -hmm. to pretend like I didn't want to mention or think about the things that weren't perfect about my dad would be to almost kill him off in my mind again for me. I liked mm -hmm. remembering the whole man, good and bad, because I loved the whole man and he loved me like that. He accepted me like that. And I'm really lucky to have had that. Um, and so I don't want to do the thing where I pretend that the problems we had didn't exist and the things that didn't exist, because what happens is later when I, living my life in reality, right? And I meet people who are just, just aren't as good as a man as my dad was, Brianna, right? Well, my dad was never like that. I mm -hmm. took something, I storybooked it, right? And I used that as something to measure real life against. And life is, I think life is beautiful and wonderful, but it isn't all good. Like there's nothing not positive about admitting that sometimes a hurricane comes and your whole life is screwed. It really happened. Um, but the fantasy comes with the, my life was great until that hurricane happened. No, mm -hmm. adversity kept happening. You know, not everything was perfect. Um, and getting caught in those stories and ruminating on now everything's ruined is not mourning. Mm. It's not mm -hmm. It's ruminating on a story about the previous perfection, and it's how you can get caught in the grief trap. Grief is real, but the story we tell ourselves isn't. The feeling is real. The story isn't. So one of the things I really love about modern technology and the new generation, although some of it is highly curated, is at the very least, when people are gone, you have so many photos. Mm -hmm. Brianna, we didn't grow up and we originally didn't know each other when photos were that easily taken. The next time we see each other, both of us are not the kind of people to remember to take a picture. But I swear to you, Brianna, we have to take a picture. There isn't a picture. We've known each other and had all these deep conversations. I talk to you more than I talk to most people I've ever known. There is not a picture of us together in existence. Mm -hmm. there's one depressing New Year's Eve photo of me and my friend, Chris. I swear to you, I've got to take a picture of us together when I see him on Wednesday. Do you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Because like, those are the kind of things that later you're like, darn it. Why didn't I just take a crappy picture? Like, why didn't I just do that? And I think learning from your past mistakes, it can really help you through the change. But, but, but beware of the idealized past trap um, mm -hmm. because your life will never measure up to the idealized past. It didn't really exist. You created a storybook out of life. Um, so just remember, it's okay to see things as they were. It's okay to hurt when something suddenly changes thrust upon you. And then from there, like, take a look back and reflect and see these were the happy times. These were the not happy times. It is proof that not happy will turn happy again.
Mm-hmm. And I am so appreciative of you talking about that and the importance of, again, that sense of giving yourself grace or giving yourself a break, having compassion for yourself and looking back and not idealizing things, but um, just being able to be very honest about about the experience that you're having, as well as the one, you know, as as whatever it is that you're that you that we may be losing. I, I think, too, um, you know, that that reflection always one of my favorite uh, things, the favorite tools is looking back and looking for the evidence of like, okay, well, how did this go? I think the other, you know, one of the ways that's been helpful for me, especially as I'm trying to learn new skills, and again, that sense of more, uh, more effective coping skills, it's looking back for not just where things maybe went wrong for me, um, as I was trying to cope or, or get through something, but also where did I, um, what, what went, how, how did I handle this particular change well, or, or where did I employ, kind of deploy the right skill or the, the, again, I don't want, I don't mean right or wrong. I truly mean more so effective. And I feel like that's where, for me, it's been really helpful to have um, support being able to do that reflection so I can see, I can um, actually see objectively how I handled something and where it went well and where I maybe missed the mark or where it wasn't quite as effective. And that's, you know, for me, one of the really great things or really helpful things has been talk therapy because that's where you get to say, well, this happened and this is how I handled it. And I, you know, this is what worked well and this is what maybe didn't go so well before me. Um, But just being able to not only, not only recognize, you know, just for sort of the nuts and bolts of being able to cope well, but I think any opportunity that we can take to identify how we're, that we can take to, let me speak for myself, that I can take to acknowledge that I've done something well or effectively or made it through, I really, that's one of the things that I'd like to do more. I'd like to be less critical uh, about, unnecessarily critical, I'll say about myself and really identify those times when things have gone well and when I've done things well or effectively. And I think the reflection on coping has been just incredibly helpful to say, oh, yeah, okay, but this is what happened. And okay, this is what I want to practice next time. And this, you know, this is what I want to keep out of that. And then this is what I'm going (laughs) to, this is what I'm going to let go so that every time that this is happening, even if I'm not aware of it in the moment, I'm, I'm learning from it and taking what's going to be helpful and, and letting the rest go. Yes, I really appreciate that. It's, It's interesting because I've often looked at the way I've weathered things unkindly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, just I can see where I take the ability to see where there was opportunity missed. And I use that as a tool to bash myself for not being better. 
And I think those things don't have to go that way. I can look back and objectively see, oh, there was an opportunity. There was an opportunity. Hey, maybe if you did that again, you can go for those opportunities. But that in no way has to negate that I survived that situation. And it's taken me a long time to realize that there are some times in life that the idea is you just, you just, you just got to get through it. Just lower that bar. Um, you, you like, you've got it. It's a pass fail situation. Did you get out of it? Did you survive? Are you sitting here today? You win. That is it. It is pass fail. We're not going on percentage. I, I remember distinctly, my sister was getting married and she had to move out of her apartment and life was hectic. Like she didn't have any time off of work and she was planning a wedding and it was just crazy. And everything came to, like she had to move out the next day. And she'd been trying to get time to pack, but I think keys got locked in a car. Have you ever had one of those times in your life that is so hectic, you end up locking your keys in the car or losing your keys and it's even worse? Like, is that how much chaos? It was one of those times where keys are going missing, right? So we're on the phone. I'm in the Philippines. And she's like, I just don't know how I'm going to get everything ready. And I said, Edie, what are you talking about? It is three o'clock in the morning. Your landlord is coming out at noon. Like you are not cleaning out this apartment. Like you've got, like she, it was one of those deals where she'd gotten rid of so much paperwork and packed away so many things after living someplace for 12 years that she didn't realize, like when you take something out of the closet, how many more things are behind it kind of deal. Mm -hmm. And um, like, she was like crazy, just trying to, it was garbage night. And she was like trying to pack garbage into other people's garbage on the street because she'd ran out of room in her garbage. Like it was just, it was, she was just crazy style. Like she was just in a mess. And I was like, Edie, Edie, it's triage time. Abandon the idea that you were getting your deposit back. Okay. Abandon that you're going to be able to clean this entire apartment out. I'm sorry. And she was dying because this is not like her. I was like, one, just to give you permission to do this, remember, uh, you've been sexually harassed by your landlord for many years now. <laughs> okay. He's a creepo and he's been a real, real jerk to you a lot, despite the fact that you've been a model tenant until now, Edie, because you are not getting that deposit back. It is time to just get the things that you are, that you need to have done out first and then deal with whatever time you have left. That is all you can do now. That is all you can do. I'm sorry. That is all you can do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you need someone to call it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you need someone and going like, no, no, no. The level that you think that this has to be is not to be. So now what do we do? Um, and I'm not saying that you got to do that every time, but every once in a while, there's that moment where the, the way to succeed in weathering and thriving in this change is to accept that this is an ugly win. We're crawling off that finish line. We are throwing elbows, Brianna. We are not getting this deposit back. Let it go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, let it go. The guy was a creep anyway. He was an mm -hmm. absolute creep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the, I mean, I mean that doesn't the... mean he doesn't deserve, but, but also he got all that money. He got to keep the whole deposit, Brianna, because <laughs> he had deposit. a, yeah, he got to he had to haul out all that paper. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that that in an really... old couch <laughs> in an old couch. Awesome score. Because <laughs> we couldn't, get it. she couldn't get it out of the. She was like she was beside herself trying to get that thing out of the. Oh. Or was that a different apartment? Like whatever it was, it was like that couch is not coming out. Like yeah, I don't know how it got in here. That's the epitome of messy and imperfect, right? Yeah. That sense of 
you know what? Again, it's not going to be pretty. Uh, it might be downright ugly, but I'm doing it. And I feel like there's such a, there can just be such a win in that. I, I think so often <laughs> we've talked about, like, I think you, your phrase is snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. Is that it? No, snatching, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Okay. I'm not yeah. sure if that applies here. Maybe it does. <laughs> You know, like when you would have won, but you thought you should have been better. So then all of a sudden now you didn't win. Yeah. Perfect. That's yes. That's exactly what I mean. Where I feel like I, you know, I was talking about giving myself credit for getting through something, but I feel like I coped. I did not cope as well. I have not coped as well with things uh, because like that, I, I just felt like I could have done it better. So that means I did it. I didn't do it well, right? Like I could have, I, yeah, sure. I could have done it better, but, and then that automatically means that I failed. And I, I just think that coming up with, you know, however many years ago we talked about, <laughs> what if this is good enough as being one of those great phrases to say, like, give yourself a break. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just needs to get done. And I absolutely can identify with the sense of, you know, when it comes, change is coming you wanted to be so, pre- I wanted to be so prepared. I had a big old plan, like I'm going to do this, this day, then this, that day. Uh, and then, yeah, it comes to the day and, you know, maybe I didn't, I have not locked my keys in the car, but I definitely, um, <laughs> I've definitely locked myself out of my apartment for half a day uh, on a day where I had just gotten back from Guatemala and the very next day I had some big thing do. And, you know, I was coming to the end of, um, end of a school year and there just was a lot of change happening all at once. And yeah, I I had a paper due the following day and I locked myself out of the apartment for half a day and it was just like, what is happening? Um, but you know what? I weathered that and, uh, it definitely was not pretty. And, I kind of got lost in that, but I'll say, I agree with you. I appreciate you bringing up the fact that it doesn't have to be perfect. We just, sometimes we just need to get through it. And that can absolutely, oh boy, that can absolutely be enough. I feel like, you know, some of the things that I've used in the past um, that I thought were ineffective, and maybe sometimes I use them ineffectively, but some of the things I've used to cope with cope with change is um, (laughs) I just avoid thinking about it altogether. And sometimes that can work. That can obviously backfire, right? Because it may put you behind the eight, put you behind the eight ball. Uh, It it helped, you know, takes away from my opportunity to prepare. But I will say uh, sometimes um, I just maybe don't avoid it the whole time. I just need to not think about it for a little bit. Case in point, um, I talked about, you know, the mission last week. My positivity day was New Year's Eve. Um, I am facing a job transition. That is not my choice. Uh, And that's okay. Um, There's a lot going into it, but it's, it's been weighing on me uh, because there are a lot of, there are choices to be made and, you know, there's just a lot going on. And I feel like for 
a little bit, I needed to just avoid thinking about it. I just needed to not, I just needed to not be thinking about it. And so I took my propensity and, and great skill at avoidance uh, and put it to use so that I could just kind of give myself a break uh, from being worried about it. And honestly, I feel like that helped me quite a bit because, you know, we had our blah episode and I've been in that for, for a bit now. So being able to not think about that thing that's freaking me out <laughs> and just take some time and have a lovely evening hanging out with my friends and allowing some positivity and um, just positivity. And I guess the word is like goodness to flow for a bit really just helped change my perspective a little. and. I actually was able to then come out into the, you know, come out into the week, making some decisions about this job transition that actually make it feel better and make me feel like I'm going to be able, like, I truly know now before I was doing a little fake it till you make it, but I truly know now whatever happens, I'm going to come out of this, I'm going to come out on the other side and I'm going to be okay. And I just feel like finding, you know, some of your strategies that, you know, some of the strategies that we use that may be, you know, ineffective in one situation or if used in a certain way can also be, um, you know, can also be used to our benefit. And I think one other, you know, coping that I use is to strategize. Um, so if I know that there's, if there's a something kind of coming, whether I can see it or not, or, you know, whether I see it coming down the road or, all of a sudden changes just here, I find that coming up with like in the moment, just coming up with like four or five plans, <laughs> that's super helpful for me. I do think that I can sometimes go overboard because then I get caught up in the strategizing for the thing and don't actually, and sometimes can miss the truth of what's really going on. So I will say if you employ that one, use it with caution. Um, but coming up with strategies helps calm me because it, it makes me feel like I'm doing something and have a bit of influence over what's going on, even if I don't really. So again, I've used that one ineffectively, sometimes, well, a fair amount, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's all about learning, right? Um, and now I feel like I can see that, oh, when I go into this strategizing mode, when change is upon me, um, I really have to be careful now and recognize like, am, am I making like actual effective potential strategies or am I just trying to get myself out of feeling uncomfortable about this change that's coming on? Yes. I love that you bring up that the strategies can work and not work depending on the situation. Because for my sister, the strategy of you've got to cut and run, you know, you've got to cut and run because she is not that kind of person is not the best advice for someone like me who has a tendency to give up too soon. Like mm -hmm. I've had to learn to stick with it. I remember distinctly, I was writing a series, um, it was a lusted books by P.S. Sparks. So they're not on, I've, um, I'm rewriting them again now, but I'd written the first two and they didn't do what I wanted them to do. And there was some inherent flaws with the main character and the story that were preventing it from being the bigger hit, right? But I mm -hmm. realized that if I abandoned that series, and didn't finish it because it was a series where there were cliffhangers. Um, then I would, then one, I wouldn't be able to reap all the benefits of having written the two books. And two, I would 
I would forever be on the path, Brianna, of a person who didn't finish series. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I need to be the, I need to know in my heart that I'm the kind of person who finishes things. And so I decided to go for an ugly win to stick it out. We're in like in other situations, it's cut your losses. And so it is very important to know yourself and to gauge the tactic for the situation. And it can take some fine tuning. One of the most counterintuitive bits of advice though, that is completely contrary to that one that I want to bring up with that disclaimer is mm-hmm. advice that someone in 12 steps gave me. And she said, sometimes the best thing to do is to do nothing. Mm-hmm. And this was, I have gone into fix it mode and ran around and made everything worse because I was catastrophizing. I was trying to create some comfort for myself. I was trying to create solutions. And what I really did was I did a lot of work for no reason that made things worse. (laughs) And so every once in a while, if you don't know what to do, do nothing and try to get more information, try to create a little bit of comfort, Try to be grateful for whatever modicum of good luck or goodwill or good food even you may have in the past or present. And then um, at the very least, especially if you're grieving, refrain from making giant life-altering decisions Mm -hmm. that you can't take back by all means. They always say, especially if it's grief, if it's grief of someone you love or a major job or a marriage, do not go around, if you can avoid it, making giant life-altering decisions that cannot be reversed within the first year. Mm -hmm. I swear to you, I have never been more grateful for somebody telling me, why don't you just don't do anything right now? Um, and it has been, it had just saved me a lot of trouble. And then um, I think creating a little comfort for yourself by like planning something nice or taking yourself to a movie or um, deciding you're just going to read Reddit all day or watch a bunch of TV shows and saying, that's what I'm doing right now as a choice instead of feeling bad about it. I think creating comfort and sometimes doing nothing can be two very, very, very helpful ways of coping with and later thriving with change. Mm-hmm. For sure. Huh. Used it. for sure i love it um and and you talked about uh you know you mentioned in there gratitude and i think that's another you know helpful coping um helping with helps to has helped me good lord has helped me to cope with change and both that sense of you know as i'm in the midst of it or you know seeing it coming being able to recognize just in general okay what am i grateful for because it helps keep that you know helps keep perspective uh and i also think though it is a sense of and it it can be a little tough to do it in the moment but definitely afterwards you know, since this change happened, what, you know, is there anything about this change, either as I'm seeing it coming, as I'm in it or afterwards, is there anything I can see in this change that I am grateful for? Or that like, ooh, I can see now where I was a little bit worried about this, but now again, being in it or having gotten through it, I can see "Mm, it's not that bad or I'm great. You know, I'm grateful to be able to see it. it wasn't that bad. It's what needed to happen. Um, or, you know, even if it's, I got through it and I'm grateful for that. But being able to bring 
some gratitude into, you know, the experience has been, been helpful for me. Sometimes, you know what? I can't be. It's just not great. And that's okay too. Uh, and I think the, you know, the only other thing I wanted to talk about as it relates to coping with change is how incredibly valuable and effective and just helpful <laughs> it can be to seek support while the change is happening. And I say that as someone who for a large portion of my life felt like I had to do everything alone, any change, any hardship that it was somehow not either not okay to reach out or not just not something that people do uh, or just not something I'm able to do. I don't want to burden anybody. Um, There are a number of stories we can tell ourselves that I have told myself about what it means to reach out for help, um, in particular when change is coming and in it, it's going to be one of those rough ones or you're like, it snuck up on you and now it's here and it is not great. I think recognizing that there is help out there and that can be, again, help from people you know, or it can even be help from people that you don't. I have, I am grateful and, and really grateful to say I've received both. And, um, and I feel like I, I know I could have weathered quite a bit more effectively had I had the sense that I could do that, um, sooner. Um, and that's the other thing too, is knowing when to reach out or know, or, or not, not just knowing when, but like, um, getting to a point maybe quicker if it needs to be, uh, to ask for help. Cause I think, you know, especially when I was first learning how to do this one, (laughs) I feel like I waited longer than I really needed to, to reach out. And so one of the things that really has helped me, um, I love, I don't know why I really like a code word (laughs) or like a code phrase or something like that. I feel like putting a little bit of humor to something when, you know, you're like not in it. So like a pre-planned code word or a pre-planned, I use a emoji, um, when like the crap's not hitting the fan or when the change isn't overwhelming you to kind of plan for that, um, has been really helpful for me so that it, it, but what that does is it, I feel like having that set and ready to go takes the vulner helps take the sting or like the reluctance associated with the vulnerability that comes with asking for help. Well, that I feel when I have to ask for help or ask for support. And so, you know, I've developed my emoji and I've talked about it with my, you know, my people and like, you can use it for me too. (laughs) So if you're having problems and you need to, you know, you need something, you can use it and I will, you know, I'll, I'll be there. Um, But I feel like just, it really is important. I feel like, especially now, um, if you're, you know, and I'm speaking, of course, from a, um, a perspective of living in the United States, but we, it, it feels very much like we should be, I feel like I get the messaging that I should be able to handle every single thing on my own. 
like we're, you know, that pull yourself up by the bootstraps kind of people. Uh, I, I'm going it alone. I've got this, you know, all of that kind of individualistic single, I've got this, I'm making it happen. And that's great. I, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of independence. Um, but I feel like for so long, I felt like, you know, being independent and autonomous meant that I couldn't ever ask for help or that I was somehow weak if I asked for support or asked for help, or even, you know, um, even if I wasn't asking for help, even if I just admitted that something was going on that might need it. Like I wasn't actually, you know, making me ask, but just like, Ooh, this is happening. Um, this change is coming and it is a doozy. Um, but being able to cope more effectively and quicker, frankly, um, has, you know, being able to ask for help and support and being willing to receive it has just been incredibly helpful for me and, and is still something that I don't do well, excuse me, don't do perfectly. I'm doing it well. I just don't always do it perfectly. Um, so it continues to be a learning opportunity, but it has been really significant for me in learning how to cope with change. Yes, I love that you brought up ask for help. It's one of the ones that I always forget about because it isn't necessary. It, it, that isn't necessary. It isn't necessarily my go-to one immediately. But I think it is one that can get it can give a tremendous amount of relief in very short order, even if it's just somebody who can acknowledge that what you're going through is actually stressful. Like I think a lot of times, not mm -hmm. only do I not acknowledge that change can be stressful, I'm on my own butt about not weathering that stress as if it's not happening, which is mm -hmm. very, you know, is, is not a tad unrealistic. It is absolutely unrealistic. Uh, change can be stressful. And, and stress is neither good or bad. It, it, it just is, right? And But mm -hmm. pretending that it isn't is more stressful than dealing with the stress at hand. So I love that you brought up asking for help. And one that I, um, when you're looking for opportunities, one that I forgot to mention was um, look into gathering information and educating yourself on what the new mm. reality is. Because I think a lot of times knowledge does combat my fear and it also allows me to see the opportunity if it's a totally new horizon or a relatively new or even a partially new horizon knowing what is there allows me to see a new future and can be very helpful and i think a lot of people get caught up in that looking to what used to be and not realizing what can be because they have not examined where they're going they're too concerned with where they're coming from and i think that's really important so uh I think the hope behind us talking about coping with change and then thriving with change is that life is just full of change. And if we allow ourselves to do that, we are going to get what we want out of life. I always say the same thing. You get everything you want. That's really mm -hmm. what I want out of life. I want what I want and I want it now, right? I want an Oopa mm -hmm. and I want it now. Um, and so I think that is the hope behind there. The problem can be that we get caught up in perfectionism. We get caught up in fantasizing about the past used to be or telling ourselves stories or avoiding the acceptance that it must be that it's actually real and mm -hmm. i think the tactics that can really help us are i'm going to lead with your ask for help and support number one uh look for opportunities here's one that's my favorite do nothing uh mm -hmm. learn and educate yourself about what the new reality is that you're going into gratitude and counting your blessings can help um we already talked about letting go of 
perfectionism, accepting that the change is happening, uh, allowing yourself to mourn the loss of what was, um, but not, but avoiding the trap of fan, like of storybooking what used to be and trying not to judge ourselves as harshly about how we are weathering that change while we are doing it. Um, mm -hmm. And so before I go into the mission, is there anything else you wanted to add? I think the only other thing that I would say is that what, you know, one of the other things that's just, and I feel like uh, I maybe should have said this sooner, but one of the things that's definitely helped is uh, coping with change is just cultivating a more positive outlook. Um, and, and what that's done is when the change is coming, it helps me to like, feel like I'm going to be able to handle it no matter what it is that I, I'm going to be able to handle it. Even if I am telling myself, if I'm doing the fake it till you make it like, no, no, I'm going to be able to handle this. You know, um, I feel like just being, trying to remind myself again, that coming back to how I've handled things in the past, that just again, even if it's more like a mantra and I don't always, you know, I don't fully believe it, but just saying, okay, you can, you can make it through this. You can make it through this. You've got this, you know, finding those affirmations or finding the, those positive words, again, not in the sense to toxic positivity your way out of something or uh, um, not be truthful about what's happening, but just to like give yourself that encouragement or give myself rather that encouragement that's been really helpful for me in coping with change. And then, you know, the other part for me has just been from that spiritual aspect is to have, um, for me, it's just to have God and I don't know how I'm going to get through this. So, <laughs> okay, God, go ahead, <laughs> you know, but yeah. just having that, just being able to have that. And even again, even if I don't really know what that means or again, I don't know what it's going to really look like, but just to almost like let go even more, if that's the thing, like maybe like let that final finger go and you're just like, okay. Um, I feel that uh, having, you know, being able to do those things has been helpful in me has been helpful in, in, in getting through the change, hopefully thriving. Um, and if not, just at least crawling over that finish line. Right. Uh, and I'm just, you know, those are two things that I'm just really grateful for. I love that. Yes. To other faith and naturally, of course, taking the positive view, positive self-talk <laughs> that could have absolutely been the very first thing. Uh, so Yes, closing off with that, I want to get to this week's mission, and it's a great one. This week's mission is to simply identify your favorite strategies for coping with change so you have them on the ready when you need them. And we would love to hear from you. Now it's easier than ever to connect with us. Go to positiveviewpodcast.com. That's positiveview, V-I-E-W, podcast.com, and click on the message icon to leave us a voicemail. Yes, and new episodes come out every Monday. Please take a moment to follow and rate the podcast because it does help more people to find us. Also, if you're enjoying the Positive View podcast, please, please share us with your friends. That is our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Brianna G. 
And I'm your other host, Christy Murphy. We'll talk soon.